Welcome back to What the Fuck is Going On. We have a great show for you today. Former President Trump is facing an indictment. He is set to turn himself in on Tuesday. Uh, some new revelations in the Twitter files that Kev is going to go over. Finland is going to join NATO as their elections propel a potentially far-right party to take over the country. And do you remember the last one? Uh, you had something about a kid that... Oh, and memes are now punishable by up to 10 years in prison. We'll get into that and more today. Let's get into it. Sunday, you know? Yeah. Beautiful day today. It's a beautiful, it was a beautiful day. A beautiful weekend. A beautiful weekend. Yesterday was like 70 degrees. It was awesome. Yeah. I got a little color. Um, it's not going to be such a beautiful week, I don't think. <laughs> I think uh, I think things are about to go down. Um, president Trump is set to turn himself in on Tuesday. Former President Trump. Uh, the first former president to ever be indicted. While, not just while alive, but period. Um... And I think we're going to see a shit show. I think uh, on Tuesday in New York, it's going to be... Well, I can't believe that this is what he's being indicted on. I know. Of all of the things that yeah. like, we could have got him on or somebody could have got him on, right? this is it. So, Paying hush money to a porn star. Right. So the Southern District of New York, their case against him and their DA Alvin Bragg, the case against him is in relation to campaign finance violations. Alleged, alleging basically he paid hush money to Stormy Daniels out of his. Uh, th- this is where the uh, opinions differ. Some, you know, the I believe the case, and not all the uh, details have been unsealed from the case. A lot of what we're getting is reporting from inside sources about the specific details. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, essentially, they're saying that he used campaign funds to do it, uh, and it all hinges on his former lawyer. Um, indicted uh, felon Michael Cohen. Oh, nice. Who uh, is alleging that Trump uh, ordered him to pay the money to Stormy Daniels? So it's Trump all about where star. the money came from. Uh, yeah. Well, Trump is alleging he it, he has nothing to do with it. Oh, okay. It wasn't. You know, it's not just like it, naturally. Right. Yeah. So um, it's interesting because I know Stormy Daniels in the past had um, mo- multiple times said it didn't happen. She didn't get paid that money, but. That you know, that is the reason you get paid the money is to say you didn't. So like, right? I mean, he, the hush money, basically. Right, right. Um, um, and so what? Uh, do you know why? Like, why did she just decide to go the other way? Why? Was I she- I, th- I remember in like twenty, I think it was twenty sixteen. She was like giving an interview to someone. She was like became like a media darling when that happened. Uh, and I think she was just basically like uh, she may have mentioned the Axis Hollywood tapes or something. She was like, I can't let like someone like this like become president. You know what I mean? Like. It was because he was running for president. Okay, so she was just trying to like stand on some sort of moral ground. Yeah, I guess so. I don't like. All right, I mean, you know. and and honestly, I don't. I think most people, even people who voted for him, would be like, yeah, that's. I mean, not a good thing that he did, and like, no, I don't. 
I would have no problem with him going to jail for that if he was like a normal person. But the the precedent it sets it sets for a former president to be like the bar now for prosecuting presidents is going to be so low. Well, and I mean, I think a lot of the presidents are probably like, oh shit. Like if you get one, does that not mean you have to start looking into other stuff? Well, and, and I think that's part of why, and we, we, we both asked this question, why this, out of all the things he's done? Why this? And, I, and, I, and you're right, it does I, set that bar really low. I've been thinking about it, though. Maybe it's this because this is the one thing that Trump does that not all of them did, although I'm sure Bill Clinton had some, some shit like this going on. But, like, you know, they all uh, drop bombs on innocents and American civilians. Like, up until Obama, every president was, like, complicit and, in some cases, ordering torture. Mm-hmm. Like... This is, you know, this on the list of like horrible things U.S. presidents have done in the past 50 years is probably like in the thousands. Like there's 999 more worse things that presidents have done in America's name in some cases. And this is the thing we're going to get them on because I think it's almost because if you try to go for him for like the the stuff he got impeached on Mm -hmm. the first time with Ukraine, Mm -hmm. like what's going to happen when, you know, President Kamala Harris like tries to you know well, right. withhold some some weapons if if Germany goes back to you know wanting to buy uh, oil from Russia and they're gonna say oh well you prosecuted Trump for that so we're gonna so that's why they're it like that's a very dangerous precedent right right so that's why the I think is one of the factors into this specific thing but it's also like like I think Whitey Bulger they got him for like tax evasion like he killed you know hundreds of people but but that's what they got that's what you get them for so you go through the door that's open you know what i mean yeah and this this i guess the southern district of new york thinks that this is what they have the best case on i don't really like and what is what is turning himself in look like exactly so yeah so he's not gonna get cuffed they said oh no he's not doing the perp walk no well uh, there's gonna be something i don't know he's gonna be escorted by secret service the whole way Mm -hmm. so i don't know if it's gonna be any sort of public uh you know they may clear the perimeter so to speak. Okay. You know? All right. Um, but he will be arraigned for sure. Um, and we still, like, as far to my knowledge, all the research I've been doing, uh, they're like, I don't, he might not even get fingerprinted because he's like, they, it's in the registry already as some. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, so I don't know. As and if, is he coming up from Florida? Like, yes. Is he, okay. Yes. And that's interesting too because it's the right move, if, especially if you think you're innocent, which I, he says he does. To turn yourself in, be yeah. like I'm gonna fight this and I'm gonna win. Mm-hmm. But it was very funny because for a moment he's in Florida and Ron DeSantis said that they will not cooperate with any um, extradition requests, which is which is like uh, we're getting to the point now where American federal soft power and regular strength is getting so like uh, weakened that you know not only is Russia and China and Iran and Saudi Arabia defying us. So is Florida <laughs> and like Texas and California. They're just like, I think we're going to run our own shit. You guys are, we've had enough of that. And there's, there's a large part of me that's like, yeah, maybe that is the right move. Well, I, I was going to say, and I wasn't always for that Yeah. because of like, honestly, mostly because of the abortion thing. Just, I, I felt like that was a very, I, I, I it, agree. it seems common sense to me that, you know, women should you know, have control over their own bodies, but that's yeah. a whole nother story. I think, I think it brings up a good discussion about states' rights, and it's like, well, yeah, th- we do believe states should be able to govern their own destinies, but also there's obviously a line you can't be in Texas and say, Texas and say murder is legal. Like, we do all have to have some sort yes. of shared values to call ourselves a nation. And that's where the federal government should come in rather right. than with absolutely everything. Because I do like the and, idea of 
but here's the problem now is now the federal government is uh showing their hand to be pretty blatantly political and the people are going to lose so much trust. It's not just Republicans that are going to say, oh, this is ridiculous. There are a lot of people on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, you know, lefties celebrating this. Um, I don't think that everybody in the country who's uh, saying, oh, this is maybe not great is a, you know, far right Republican. Like I voted for Joe Biden. I still think this is a bad, bad idea to be doing this. Um, And I think that, it's going to be another massive blow as if like people couldn't trust the federal government any less. It's just going to be a thing now where, okay, well, everything you do is clearly in, uh, to advance a a set of political achievements instead of like governing for the people. And the more we lose trust in them, the more it's going to be hard for someone who lives in Mississippi to be like, well, why shouldn't we ban abortions? Like this is, you know what I mean? It's going to be harder for them to – wait, what would you say? Why shouldn't we ban abortions? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the Mississippi guy. No, yeah, I got yeah. it. Um, In case the accent didn't give it away. I don't know. I We talked about it last week. You know, people are definitely waking up more and seeing sure. that, you know, for these sure. things are politically motivated and, you know, it's for show and there's actually no uh, – I don't want to say rhyme or reason, but they're they're doing it for uh, a reason that isn't in our best interest. Right. That's and that's exactly it because you do need to have a rule of law. I mean, everyone says it. All these pres- former presidents have said no one is above the law. That should be true. Mm-hmm. It's not though. All these former presidents have gotten away with far worse. Trump has gotten away with far worse. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's not like you suddenly care. And all these all these years where he was like denying. Um, uh, rent control departments to black people when he was a slumlord and like all the shit he was doing for decades before he threw his name into the ring mm-hmm. to be a politician. All these politicians who were still who were in office then or still in office now were like, yeah, we don't give a fuck about that. Like that's you know, he gives us money. Like it's fine. He's allowed yeah. to do whatever he wants. It's mm-hmm. just just when you become somebody who decides to challenge the system, challenge the status quo. It annoys me that it has to be Donald Trump that is the person who like uh made this conversation possible but he is like you have to give him credit for what's due he's the reason so many people are going oh shit yeah maybe like this whole thing is held together with duct tape and glue like no yeah he, if that guy can win and do what he's doing like maybe we do need to take a, a better look about you know the hand our government has in our lives dude, he rocked the boat and you're right at, at first i don't think a lot of people liked how it was rocking but now you you start to look at it and everything's starting to clear up and you're like oh wait what about that over there and, you know, this over here? And you're like, oh, well, maybe he was right. kind of right about a couple things. Right. So, um, I don't know. I th- and I think we could talk, we could go into this for a whole hour, but uh, we do want to cover a couple other things today. Um, I, AP is reporting that at least one of the, uh, they're saying he's facing multiple charges and they're reporting that at least one of them is a felony. Which is significant because I do believe if you're convicted of misdemeanor, like you can run for president again. There is some uh, thought to the fact that if you're convicted to f- of a felony, you can't. Can't. Okay. Um, now that like that would seem to be pretty set in stone stuff, um, but I've heard like Roger Stone and some other Trump allies like talking about ways they try to get around it, even if he was convicted. Like he he'll run from prison. Like if he if if he has to actually go, he will still run for prison. That's what that's what all his allies say. He'll still run for president. From prison. From prison. Yeah. Okay. Which, that's going to be unprecedented because, okay, if the sitting president is in prison, he can pardon himself, right? Like, he can just walk out after that, right? I I don't even think I can comprehend that entire situation. Yeah. 
But that's. You know, I don't think he'll get convicted of a felony though. You you don't. No. I didn't think he would get indicted. Even even when he sent that truth. <laughs> and I didn't think he'd be become president. <laughs> I I I had a stronger feeling in 2016 than a lot of people thought. I thought just because of all the insane. I was in I was in journalism school at the time. I was getting my undergrad in journalism and. Uh, we were covering in 2016. We were covering that election as a, like one of my classes was like, oh, we're going to cover the election basically, mm-hmm. and um, like the, it was shocking. My um, dean, who taught the class, was a former uh, NBC like reporter, like was on the trail, and he was like, "There, it's it's insane how much uh, free airtime all these networks are giving him. If they, you know, he's a fringe candidate, but they just keep." Right, giving, he's in everybody's face. Well, he got more free airtime in the history of TV than any other political candidate in American politics. And the media, for as much as they may say he's a monster and he's this thing, like, how much of that are they saying that because they believe and how much of it are they like, yo, every time we say this, we make $300 more. Keep saying that shit, baby. Yeah, like, there's like twice as many eyeballs on the screen. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, the media has to acknowledge their role and how complicit they were in his rise. And also how codependent they are. Like CNN, even Fox News's ratings crashed, but CNN and MSNBC's relative to Fox's crashed even more mm-hmm. from like twenty one to like twenty three, basically, like to like up until like six months ago, basically. And every time, you know, these are the same people on these networks that are saying, you know, Trump is the worst. We have to get rid of him. Like you're the reason he's still relevant. You right. stop talking about exactly. Him. And I and I think when push comes to shove down the line, if you know Trump does get his run at presidency again um i think it'll be more of the same because i don't think they're going to be able to help themselves the me oh obviously yeah i think it i I think it'll be not more the same i think it will be amplified i think they will like (laughs) yeah no i'm serious i think they like everything the way our culture has evolved and expanded the past 20 years like things used to flip from democrat to republican like they used to like flip positions every like 50 60 years or so you know what i mean like yeah they used to be the democrats who were like the racists in the south and like like wanted slavery and then it flipped like the republicans kind of became like within the, there's a kid that was born 15 years ago to a world where the christian right burned harry potter books because that they thought they were uh promoting <laughs> witchcraft and that kid is 15 years old today and now he's seeing people burn harry potter books because the author doesn't believe that trans women are women you know what i mean like yeah the 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 rate at which we're like I don't know, death spiraling is uh, expanding rapidly. I, I feel like we're just ingesting so much information and oh, we yeah. don't know how to, you know, yeah. how to go out with it. And it's right, just causing right. everybody to like fucking lose their minds. That's so totally true. That's, that's such a great point. <laughs> I, I don't think we were like, I don't think our evolution or biology has caught up with the amount of information that we're getting. And especially like on a computer and, you know, we, and it's, we crave, I just feel like, sensory, like, I don't want to say sensory overload, but we crave something to be, like, tickling our senses yeah. at all times. Well, and I also think the more we get, um, the more blasted with shit we get, the more, uh, the less sensitive we get to it. We get, like, uh, what's that called? Uh, we become, um, oh, I know what you're talking about. Dude. <laughs> I'm, we're gonna pause because I'm gonna find this word. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a thesaurus uh, next time we record. I know I'm still thinking of the word. Not um sensory deprivation, but like when you're uh when you just become so used to something that you're right. like I know why are we both losing? Oh, it's because or uh um uh not normalize 
it's desensitized. Yes, desensitized. Let's go. We're yes. workshop that. <laughs> Teamwork go. makes a dream work. All right. Yeah, we become sens- desensitized to all this yes. bullshit. And um, I, you, there's some interesting documentaries, not just on like media um, or information, but also in like the food we eat, in the, uh, in the more subtle media like TV, movies. Like there, there's a lot of money that goes into making you addicted to this stuff. Like you've seen the social network. Like yeah. Uh, you, you know, there's a great book called The Dorito Effect. I forget the author, but like, <laughs> they're everybody loves Doritos. Everybody loves Doritos because they're literally like engineered to like. Yeah. You you eat them, you don't feel full. Your dopamine goes off like crazy. No, right. I feel like when somebody has a good product, I mean, not always, but rather than at, at some point, rather than trying to improve that product, it turns more into how do we just keep everybody using the product and right, you know how right. can we. Right. In any way possible. And unfortunately, that's the, uh, those are the incentives in a purely capitalistic system. Right. Because that equals more dollars. Right. Right. Um, now the problem becomes when those companies evolve to have the resources that a Google and Amazon, a Facebook do, um, because then the natural incentive is not to make the product better. Like you said, it's to retain a user base and grow them. And the way they now do that is through monopolistic practices. They just buy up every small competitor. They box people out. They use legislation and, and lobbyists. Ads. And, we talked about how Google was like monopolizing the ad space. And you know what? I, we were going to get into Twitter files next, but I think this is a good way to transition into what I wanted to talk about before that, which is okay. about Douglas Mackey, mm-hmm. this basically internet troll. Like he's a, he was a Trump person. Like he was part of this network of far right individuals that want to, you know, uh, spread and sow discord. Like the, I don't think there's any denying that. Mm-hmm. But he was indicted for making this meme, which says, "Save time, avoid the line, vote from home, text Hillary to five nine nine two five, and we'll make history together this November eighth." I am not surprised that anybody fell for it, but I mean, <sighs> if you just voting by text, right? <laughs> like I want to keep going, but it just. You got to see, like, if, if it just popped up on my fucking Twitter randomly, because I'm sure that's how that went. Right. I'm not just going to be like, oh, hey, like, I can just get this out of the way. Let me just text this number, and right. I'm good. <laughs> right. right. And, or you'd at least be like, can I find some, like, confirmation of that somewhere? With, I would like, just want to make sure it came from, like, the a government website trust? or something. Yeah, right. Um, so, I, but that's part of the, the defense is that. I, I, the um, Eastern District of New York is alleging that over 5,000 people texted this number. Oh, my God. But they haven't uh, released any information as to who these people are, if they were even registered to vote officially. Okay. Like, if they were ever, if they would have voted for Hillary in the first place. Could have been a 12-year-old. It could have been, uh, like, people that thought it was funny and be like, yeah, I'll just text that number to see what's up because there's no way. Yeah, there's no real. way, like, this is actually um, a vote. So, <laughs> like, I don't, they, I don't know if they can... If they could have proved that it definitely took 5,000 votes for, away from Hillary, I think they would have tried to. Um, but anyway, it doesn't really matter. Like, I think, you know, if you want to punish people for spreading disinformation, misinformation, fine. You have to do it evenly and consistently. I'll put up this other tweet from Christina Wong. Hey, Trump supporters, skip poll lines at election 2016 and text in your vote. Text votes are legit or vote tomorrow on Super Wednesday. So this is that guy's counterpart? I guess, but she doesn't. She doesn't have a phone number, and she didn't. Her meme is not like as official looking, so maybe that's why she's not indicted. But like this person, I'm sure, even if there was a number, eh, maybe she would have been. I don't know. I just think it gets into like 
how far are we willing to go to like prosecute people? Like that election was over eight, six, seven years ago. Yeah. And now we're like, all right, let's put the guy who makes memes in jail. Like, come and, on. And you're right. If they could prove that Hillary was supposed to get another 5,000 votes. Yeah. I, I, not only, I don't know if they would have, but I think they'd be trying a lot harder than it seems like they are. Which is which is why it just, it, this stuff, it, my again, my like problem is not with this guy being punished. I don't like, I don't particularly care mm-hmm. like that he made memes. I don't think it's a great thing. And if there really is precedent for like disinformation, misinformation, then fine. But like. My problem is that it's not consistent, it's not even, it's not fair to be prosecuting a guy who makes memes when you're not prosecuting, like, MSNBC and Fox News for spreading war propaganda every day. That's true. Like, it's just constantly going after little people to be, like, to scare the rest of us and to be like, don't step out of line, this is what happens. We will put you in jail for spreading what we call disinformation. I mean, there's supposed to be laws uh, for... uh, satire that's why the onion is allowed to do what they do so maybe this woman christina wong because she's a comedian can say what she said and because um what's this doug Mackey? but his account is like something like i forget what his account is called but it's like a big far right like meme account mm-hmm. but that so like it becomes a first amendment issue because like okay so what other memes that maybe like the memes that birds aren't real. If someone goes out and like kills someone's pet chicken because they think it's a government robot, can someone that makes a meme that says birds aren't real be sued for that? Like where like what are <laughs> Where's we doing? The line? Yeah, yeah, like I know. it's a fucking meme. <laughs> How about we prosecute the people who were stupid enough to think you can vote by text and put them into re-education camps to learn how to fucking use technology? Well, that's where my that's wild. Was. I was like, I it, you, I feel like you're just stupid for following up on it and actually believing that your vote went somewhere through a fucking text message and also like and i mean like you know he he is in the wrong for sure but he is officially spreading dis and misinformation right, i don't want to like brush the past that, that it comes from a meme account yes i think really however however political that meme account may be i mean if you have a shred of media literacy you can click on that account and scroll 10 tweets and go oh this guy's obviously like he wants Trump to win. Like, that's all you have to do. And you could just say right away, hey, this isn't a credible source for probably anything. Y- yeah, exactly. Depending and, on where you're coming from, I guess. But And by the way, that's... Uh, well, that's I guess that's very apparent because people texted it anyway. That's the answer to this stuff, to this disinformation, misinformation, um, even opinions you don't like, people who disagree with you about the, the rights of trans people or whatever it is. The answer is not silencing them or putting them in jail. The answer is like, I like what Elon Musk does. When someone tweets something... I saw this tweet the other day, and it was a news article that was like basically saying it's uh, anti-Semitic to say that uh, George Soros funded Alvin Bragg. And the news article was like, uh, this is a far-right conspiracy point talking point, and uh, obviously Alvin Bragg is not funded by George Soros. George Soros put a million dollars into a super PAC that funded Alvin Bragg, so there's a middleman. It's okay. <laughs> like, that's basically, and, you know, if you're if you don't, Acknowledge the middleman, you're an anti-Semite. Fine, we acknowledge the middleman. Um, and under that was like a Twitter thing saying that. That's where I got that from. I was like, I looked into it to make sure it wasn't just Elon like yeah, spreading just, his point of view. But I looked at I You yes. clicked the little thing. And yeah. I do like so those things. Like if someone is blatantly lying, say it. Show the world. Yell as loud as you can. Look, this is wrong. Here are my sources. Look how dumb this person looks. Don't say they're not allowed to talk ever again because then... People are like, why? And that's that's how these conspiracy movements grow is you try to you try to stifle them so hard that you it's like, you know, when you slam a fucking PB and J. The PB and J disappears it. 
the jelly and peanut butter fly everywhere. Like yeah. you don't get rid of it. You just turn it into something harder to clean up afterwards. Yeah, a mess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's and that's what like anti-free speech actions do they just create these festering little pockets of fucking weird incels in there like you know the only people they can talk to anymore are like on discord because they're not allowed to like actually tell the world how they feel about politics because then they're like only talk to the people underneath their little their silo you know their information silo and we're pushing each other into corners Mm -hmm. and further and further away from each other and by the way while that happens the corporations get filthy rich and run away with everything and we're left with nothing that again we talked about it last week i'm going to keep harping on it that's the point mm-hmm. that's why all this shit happens that's, exactly because we're distracted we get yeah. caught up in all this other stuff and then they make another 10 billion dollars and it's yeah. like oh shit yeah like how oh that my happen? god trump is going to be indicted hey what's going on with inflation like, why can't i afford bread anymore why are eggs 15 dollars yeah yeah like this it's just I wish I could say this one was nonsense. It's actually not. It's actually like a, a kind of paradigm-shifting legislation-defining precedent-setting uh, case in free speech. This kid, I think they are going to appeal it, mm-hmm. him and his lawyer, and they they say they're confident they're going to win on an appeal. We'll see. I don't know about that. I, I I may have to start combing through my old tweets and making sure I didn't you know <laughs> tell anybody to vote for Mickey Mouse by yeah accidentally by carrier lead pigeon. anybody astray. Yeah. But anyway, this actually, uh, let's stay on the topic of misinformation, yeah, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. And we'll get into uh, the great COVID lie machine. Oh, no. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit last week, and Kev did some Kev did some digging. Did, did some digging. Um, okay, so this is Twitter files number 19. I got all this stuff from our good friend, Matt Taibbi. Uh, all right. Far-right so. journalist, Matt Taibbi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that what they called him on the Oh, no. The, um... Also, I I do have to issue a correction. If you watch the video version last week, you'll you'll see that I corrected myself by text. But I said uh, during Matt Tybee's here and Michael Schellenberger's hearing on Capitol Hill to the Senate subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government. Boom. Um, I said that Debbie Wasserman Schultz called Matt Tybee a so-called journalist. It was actually um, ranking member. Hold on. She represents the Virgin Islands. Which, so that's what they said, though. So-called journalist. Yeah, what's her name, though? Oh, come on. I want to look it up, but I, I think I remember it. Plaskett. Stacy Plaskett. Boom. Fucking great memory. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> issue that correction. This isn't just a matter of what data was given to these so-called journalists before us now. There are many legitimate questions about where Musk got the financing to buy Twitter. We know for a fact that foreign countries... Uh, Ranking member Plaskett, um, I'm not a so-called journalist. Uh, I've won the National Magazine Award, the I.F. Stone Award for Independent Journalism, and I've written 10 books, including four New York York Times bestsellers. (laughs) (laughs) And um, go on. All right. Anyway, so this is about Stanford and the uh, Virality Project, which I might just refer to as VP a lot, so just bear with me here. all right, so it was started by Stanford, and back in like 2021, they reached out to Twitter, and they were like, hey, what can we do to work with you guys? And basically what they do is they um, they surveil the internet, essentially, for COVID-19 misinformation or malinformation, depending on uh, how you want to call it. And that's kind of up to their discretion of how they, you know, decide what the misinformation is so they reached out to twitter and they wanted to work with them 
and they were like, yeah, you know, we got Google and Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. So Twitter joins, and then on top of Twitter, they get Gab and Parler and Getter, TikTok, Pinterest. So it's almost like they have a complete surveillance of all COVID information on the internet. Um, so originally when Twitter decided to sign up for the project and go along with it every, and everything, they said that anything that was going to be filtered for COVID would have to be demonstrably false. Um, then the project, they took it further and they were like, oh, well, there are true stories that could fuel hesitancy in terms of getting the, the vaccine and celebrity deaths after a vaccine should also be labeled as misinformation. Yeah. Um, so they kept going further and further. And I mean, this is just basically how they they suppressed a lot of things and, and turned it into, you know, a, a win for them. Right. So a lot of, you know, as COVID was going and everything, everybody was talking about the vaccine passports and how, you know, that's kind of an infringement on our rights and, uh, you know, loss of freedom. Uh, so they also labeled that as misinformation because they didn't like the anti-vax uh, narrative going wild. Then somebody had uh, a uh, side effect from an AstraZeneca uh, vaccine, which they labeled as misinformation. I think it was a blood clot. And then somebody else uh, in a time story which said- Which I just real quick, I do believe that vaccine was pulled because of that side effect. I will-, I will I put in the show notes if I'm wrong about that, but I think that's true. That okay. After that clot happened, the AstraZeneca had to pull their vaccine. Well, uh, the project decided that that should be considered misinformation because they didn't want anybody to be hesitant of taking the vaccine. Just for the record, uh, AstraZeneca vaccine is no longer in, offered in the UK, and they've withdrawn their they've withdrawn their application to be offered in the US. So take that for what you will. So they continue to, you know, pepper the internet, uh, labeling all these things misinformation, and they actually, this goes back to what we talked about a couple episodes ago. Remember how they were labeling all these misinformation Russian accounts? Yes. So one of these Russian accounts, there was a report that came out, and they literally said, even though this account is posting legitimate information and accurate updates for COVID-19, we're labeling it misinformation because they're also attacking the United States and the EU or something like that. See, I, like, but I, it also wasn't a Russian linked account, so I don't. Oh, interesting. Because I'd be, I'm fine with full transparency. I'm fine if somebody is saying true things about COVID, but also false things about like Russia. Label those false things or label their account as Russian state affiliated. Me, whatever you want to do, but like to completely censor something because yeah, it's true, but also still might. Uh, change people's opinion from what you believe is the right opinion. That's not your your call to make. U.S. government, federal agencies, Stanford. So, it, Twitter is allowed to make those calls as a private company, but the government should not have any hand in that. That's that's way overstepping. Mm -mm. Anyway, go on. So then, um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this woman's name correctly. Uh, Drene Keys, I think her name is. She was a, a Drene Keys. Drene Keys. She was from Virginia. She died. Uh, after a now I feel bad about making fun of her. <laughs> uh, uh, side effect from a vaccine, Damn. and all of the uh, comments on like her death post or whatever on Facebook ended up being like very anti-vax. So they suppressed that and they labeled her death of it being a 
vaccine related yeah vaccine related thing as misinformation now can i ask you who is it saying that her death was a vaccine related i'm sorry was it taibi taibi was yeah okay I mean, I, interesting I, I just took this all from the thread because uh, i do think it, it is like it's, it's a very tough thing to prove um now there are a number of doctors now that twitter is no longer censoring these opinions there are a number of doctors that i've seen on twitter and and youtube and other websites um who are saying they have multiple patients some of them in the thousands like the doctors who oversee large you know hospitals and programs like thousands of uh vaccine side effect patients of varying degrees some people it's just a little arrhythmia some people yeah, yeah. get like serious neurological conditions um all of that is actually i don't want to say normal but there are vaccine side effects to be expected and i think if everyone was forthcoming about it I don't, I don't think the numbers are actually as astronomical as some right-wing media would like you to believe. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy to push that narrative because of how violently and um, strongly effort, strongly willed efforts there are to suppress that suppress information. It. Now you're right. I didn't even think about yeah, it. Yeah, there's that. a comeback effect to that. Yeah, like you're putting medicine in your body with any medicine. Always Ad- risks. Read an Advil And this bottle. is going on YouTube, so I do have to say that the vaccine is safe and effective. There are no. There has never been a single. I have it. I've got no side effects. We're all good. Nobody has ever in the history of the world seen a better vaccine. (laughs) It is the best vaccine that has ever been created, (laughs) and that is cross my heart and hope it doesn't swell three times. The virality project thought it was the best vaccine ever, too. Right. Go on. Anyway. Yes. So they went on. Uh, they warned them about people just asking questions, saying it was commonly used by spreaders of misinformation. They encouraged Twitter to target people instead of just tweets, like Robert Kennedy Jr. saying that whatever he tweets is basically almost always reportable. Um, and and when these stuff get got reported, were they like downgraded in the algorithm? Were they completely slashed? Like what? Um, I think it's it was more of like a shadow ban. Interesting. You know, like oh, they have- didn't un- like they didn't see it from their end. Right in plain sight, but I guess after a while, I'm sure they realize like, oh hey, I used to get, you know, 400 likes a tweet, and now I'm only getting like 80. This is actually very interesting. You just said that because that reminds me of something I saw today from uh, Dr. J. Bhattacharya. I hope that's how you pronounce his name. I'm sorry. He's a professor at Stanford School of Medicine from Stanford who had a hand in the virality project. Um, listen to this exchange between him and Elon Musk. Hang on, let me pull it up. Mm-hmm. Where did I? I don't know how long ago it was. Come on. Oh, damn. Elon tweets a whole lot. Come on. You can keep going with that while I look for this. Okay. Um. So, yeah, they told them to target people. Uh, breakthrough cases started happening. I don't remember. Uh, you know, I think everybody remembers that. And they said that uh, they labeled that as extremely rare because they didn't want anybody to uh, basically question the uh, effectiveness of the vaccine um also i don't know if you remember this people started throwing around the term surveillance state because you know we had these vaccine passports and right you know everybody's watching us so oh, you can only go outside at this time and they labeled that as a conspiracy theory which you know i i don't know where i stand on that one really um because there is some truth to it but i can understand to, what? to it being a little bit of a surveillance state oh with, well yeah you know but a soft surveillance state it's, yeah, it's not exactly. like we don't already have one but, but like, that's why i'm saying like you know i i don't really have a problem with that um anyway uh 
So yeah, so after all of this, you know, they're trying to, you know, suppress this information left and right. They're like, we need a rumor control mechanism to address nationally trending narratives. Jesus Christ. And a misinformation and disinformation center of excellence to be housed within the CISA. And then the disinformation governance board was born. Okay, so here's oh, also shout out Nina Jankowicz, block me on Twitter. <laughs> um, so this is from Dr. Jay Bhattacharya from from Stanford. Um, he's quoting a tweet from Nathan Hubbard who says, "As someone who was briefly in charge of the Twitter media team, the group tasked with getting high-profile people onto Twitter and verification, and as one of the few ever to voluntarily give up the blue check, I want to try to articulate how risky this policy change is." He's referring to the policy change of making everybody pay for the blue check. Okay. He's quoting a tweet from LeBron that's saying LeBron's not going to pay for it. <laughs> By the way, mark my words, it is April 2nd. LeBron will pay for that. I, I bet I'm, you he will I, because I there, think will, he'll pay for there it. will be 50,000 fake LeBron accounts w- without that blue check mark. Mm-hmm. Anyway, although it is interesting, New York Times no longer has their check mark. Really? Yep. Anyway, um, and so Jay Bhattacharya re- uh, quote tweeted that tweet. Twitter 1.0 refused my request to verify me, despite the, the fact that I had many impersonators trying to scam followers because it found me not to be notable. It also blacklisted me, likely at the behest of government censors. Twitter 2.0 is more transparent and better. Elon responded, You were significant enough to be blacklisted, but allegedly not significant enough to be verified. They lied. In reality, it was just partisan censorship slash propaganda. Boom. <laughs> that, that's like... I, f- I forget what you were, you just said something about like uh, blacklisting, like, well, like shadow, shadow banning. banning. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and Elon basically revealed like, yes, that's exactly what was happening to this guy. Well, yeah, right, right. But it's very funny that he works at Stanford, and the Stanford Vi- Virality Project was responsible for that. Well, and this is the last thing I'll, I'll say about it, and this ties more into the Stanford thing. So the woman leading it, her name was or. Uh, is Renee Rosada. She she's an EIP, an election integrity partner. Bullshit, or, bullshit, made up title. Yes, exactly. Um, so when she and also so ironic. Anyway, so when she was, uh, so she led this project at Stanford. She also was introduced by, uh, I guess, the leader, the EIP director, Alex Stamos. As Can we call it Eep. Yeah, we call it Eep. She she's worked for the CIA before, so she is. Of course, she has. Yeah, so I, I thought there was a, a little. Uh, of course, she has. Little probably, to chew probably on. Probably helped there. them fucking import coke from Venezuela or something. But yeah, you know, grand scheme of things, there is Ugh. no you know disinformation governance board, but that's not stopping them from trying to, you know, suppress what we see and what we didn't see. You know. Also, Nina Jankowicz has a new job. What does she do now? Um, I actually I might not be able to see because she blocked me. Um, but she works for some fucking think tank that's part of these, you know, these projects. Oh, great. Um, hold on, let me find out mm-hmm. while you. Do you have anything else on that? No, that I mean that's it. It just and it, it we we I mean I think I say something about or I said something about this last time. Like as I was reading this thing, I was like, holy shit! Like this is pretty crazy. Like they just had a full surveillance on. All of these social media platforms just saying, yep, this is misinformation. This is misinformation. That's definitely true, but that's also misinformation. <laughs> and then, you know, they just, uh, no, this isn't like a big deal, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I nobody knows about this. 
I want to say she's involved. That's interesting. In 2016, 2017, she advised the Ukrainian Foreign Ministry on disinformation. Nice. Um, I don't care about her anymore. I'm not. Gonna I don't care about her so either. Much, but I think I don't know. You guys can look into it yourselves. Um, she's a psycho bitch. Okay. Sorry, right, that was on. mean. Come on, that was mean. come on. <laughs> that goes against terms of service. <laughs> um. All right, moving on. A last story involves NATO and Finland. Finland. Um, yeah, so Finland is joining NATO. They'll become the 31st member. Uh, yes, Turkey just uh, ratified their accession. Right, and what what was holding Turkey up? They were pissed because they're like, you guys support the Kurds, and they're, that's they're right. terrorists. That's right. And that's actually... so. They switched their stance because they said Finland did or Turkey. No, did? Turkey. They okay. said that they've taken they they've acknowledged their authentic and concrete steps toward Turkish security. Interesting. But they're still pissed at Sweden because they're they're like you still support terrorists, so you can't join NATO. Very interesting. Yeah. Probably what's happening is that as Finland and they had elections today, move more towards a far right government. Uh, they're like, yeah, we can give a fuck about those Kurds. <laughs> That's probably exactly what's happening. Um, I don't know that, though. We're, we're getting to the point of the podcast that is less researched and more bullshit, just yes, so everybody knows. Yes, that is exactly right. Well, Finland's been neutral since 1948. It's a pretty big—and uh, obviously it's because Russia is slowly creeping west. Yeah, and Russia borders Finland, so they have the uh, really most to lose Yeah, uh, outside of Ukraine, maybe. I've but- been seeing a lot of— uh, uh, like Ukraine's about to launch an offensive kind of. They thing. have been already. They've 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 kind of crept into Russia a little bit because we now they have all these Western weapons. It's nuts. Yeah, shit. I I I, I again. I'm. It's good for um, good for Ukraine that they got through the winter and you know, Germany and all these uh, NATO allies that re- did rely on Russia for oil got through the winter for the most part. Like it's starting to warm up, but. That's one I still I still think there are going to be consequences to the U.S. as Seymour Hersh alleges blowing up the Nord Stream pipeline and cutting Germany off from Russia gas. I, I still think that uh, the, the energy prices in Germany are very high right now and people are struggling to get by. And I think at a certain point, some of our allies can be like, "Why are we? Why are we siding with the U.S.? Like they're not they're not helping us at all anymore." Yeah, we'll see though. Again, this is not well researched. Just bullshit. Um, uh, but so on Finland, Sana Marine, we've talked about her on the show before. Um, a woman after her heart. She yeah. likes to party. She does like to party. Um, she lost today to Finnish conservative leader Petteri Orpo, um, defeating Sana Marine's center left party. So he is set to become the new prime minister, the leader of the National Coalition Party. I like the. The take you had on that though, that because they're starting to kind of lean a little bit more right, that kind of jives with Turkey a little bit more. Very interesting. Um, so, conservative leader Pateri Orpo, he's who won. He won twenty. They secured twenty point eight percent of the vote, ahead of the right wing populist Finns Party and the center left. This is from BBC. Mm-hmm. The populists won a record twenty point one percent vote. Which, and also, just uh, real quick, I want to say, I think the way that Europe does their elections is so much better than the U.S., as you see. You, they, a guy, he only won one-fifth 
of his country's votes, but he's going to be the, the prime minister, his party anyway, mm-hmm. the, the coalition, because they have at least three viable parties. So people have options to be like, well, you know, it's just good to have competition in all things so that everyone has to have standards to uphold and see, oh, well, look look how fuck, fucking close this right-wing populist party get. Maybe we need to, like, address the needs of the people that are leaving for that party rather than just saying, no, 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 we're good guys, they're bad guys, that's all you need to know. If their guy wins, the country's going to hell. If our guy wins, we're well, going to heaven. Like that, I was going to say, yeah. here it's just like bipolar. It's like you it's, got that's the for right, a reason. you got the left, and you're either on one team or you're on the other team. Right, it's for a reason, because the duopoly is upheld by corporations and oligarchs that don't care who wins. They'll give money to both sides as long as they cover their interests. Yeah, no, right. Wall, Wall like, Street... Wall Street, Big Oil, the pharmaceutical companies, and like the the um, food giants and big tech, they run our country. Yeah, they don't care if it's red or blue. Right. It's whose pocket is easier to grease right. up. But instead of needing a majority, you can get a plurality. I do like the plurality, but don't Georgia does that right for their uh, for uh, senators? Yeah, for senators. Yeah, not for president though. No, I know, I know. No, no, no. Georgia does the opposite. Jo- I mean. Um, Hold on. Uh, Georgia does the opposite. They require their um, candidate to win a majority. That's why if nobody gets a majority, they go to a runoff. Oh, okay. All right. That's where I got confused. Within the runoff, it's only one-on-one. So so it's whoever it's winner take all. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But before that, you need to win a majority. Mm-hmm. So it's possible like we saw with uh, Warnock and, and Walker. Herschel. Um, oh, dude, so I forget who said it the other day, but it was hilarious. It's, I, th- I think it's a comedian named Jeffrey Osmus. He was like, uh, "Isn't it funny watching the NFL today?" And like every time someone takes a, like a really hard hit to the head, you go, "That guy's gonna run for senator in Georgia." It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. Well, we're gonna see Antonio Brown fucking run for president soon. Uh, who's the other one? I think. Oh yeah, uh, no, Brown's gonna be VP. It's gonna be George Santos, Antonio Brown, <laughs> Santos Brown, twenty twenty eight. Fucking George Santos, man. I'm, I am telling it, you, bro. He is going to be a president of this country someday. Oh, probably, man. probably. I think I said it already. I think I said if he became president, I would leave. I think he's going to be president of the version of America that's like literally it. Like, like when we're done. Like he'll be the last president. Okay, all right, yeah. Like when like, we're yeah, like yeah, burning yeah. to the ground. Exactly. Yeah. Literally, like California is sinking into okay. the Pacific, and George like, Santos is like, everything is fine. We're doing great, guys. California's just floating in the Pacific. He'll probably be trans by then. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Have you seen the pictures of him in drag? No. Yeah, he used to do drag. Okay. I mean, that's fine, but like. If you're gonna be president, I don't need it to be a drag show. I I don't care that he did drag. I think it's I don't funny care that either. He, I think it's funny that he did it and he's now. But if like, that infringes on like how you do your job, then then I'm going to be upset about it. Well, but he, it's not that he did drag. It's that he did drag and now he's like staunchly against it. Okay, well then now you're just a hypocrite. Now I hate yeah, it. I mean to be fair, he he did like make a point. It's like I enjoy drag as like a cultural or art, like blah blah blah. Like it shouldn't be done for children and not like sexualized. I, it's actually like a decent point from a person who's not making it genuinely at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there is a difference between like <laughs> going to the city and seeing like a burlesque drag show that's like for adults and then like bringing a five-year-old to a library and putting a man to twerk in front of her. Like there is a big difference between those two things. It's crazy. And I don't dude. think you should have to be called a trans or a homophobe to call that out. Did you see the one dad he went in front of like the school board or or something in his town and he like freaked out on him because and was there a red dot on his head oh come on yeah (laughs) yeah um 
his daughter's like sexual ed assignment or whatever like the class was yeah. write down on a piece of paper like someone in the classroom that you would want to like do something with what and then like circle like oh like oral no like, no, 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 no no how old was his daughter I think it was like high school or something. That's or so ridiculous. It's still, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, it's crazy. Oh, man. Now I kind of want to go back to high school. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a crazy, uh, crazy world we're living in. Clown world. What the fuck is going what on? What the fuck is going on? All right. I think that's good for today. Nate, Finland's joining NATO and they're going to have a new prime minister. And Sweden still supports the Kurds. So Turkey's not about it. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll keep up with that. We'll see what happens there. Yeah. Alright, oh, um, please, again, our last video came out on YouTube, uh, follow us, like, subscribe. Comment, subscribe, please subscribe, we want to build those numbers, uh, at NextGenForward, NextGenForward, and then follow us on Twitter and Instagram, where we are at NextGenForward, with a four, at Next, the number four, no, at NextGen, the number four, W-A-R-D. Thanks, guys. Good night, everybody. Bang. Good episode.